guys, Nick Gerosos, Dr. Andrew Steinberg, and welcome to another episode of Have the Balls to Talk About It. So Andrew, what are we talking about today? So today we're going to talk about a topic near and dear to me, because I've had one before, uh, and we're going to be talking about kidney stones. So uh, the only thing I've heard about them is that they are extremely painful. Is yes. that, is that yes. accurate? So some people say they're as bad or worse as giving birth. I can only oh. tell you I've only done one of those things, so I can't compare. Uh, never given birth. But uh, they are horrible. And you know, I've seen grown men on their knees crying because of this pain. So what it is essentially is a stone. They're hard little rocks. So it's, it's actually, it's like, actually like, a, a like a rock. It's actually a stone. And uh, they're made of different kinds. We'll talk about it a bit later. And they form usually in the kidney. Uh, if they're just sitting in the kidney, because people I get sent patients who have an ultrasound for another reason and, and they see a little stone and they get all worried. But if it's just sitting there doing nothing, minding its own business, it's not painful. It's when it actually blocks the tube and it comes down from the, from the kidney into the ureter, which is the narrow part and it blocks, then it puts back pressure on the kidney and then it's painful. So, uh, the, so, you know, so and it could present... So the cause of the pain is the blockage. Is the blockage. Okay. It can present in other ways. It can present in blood. So for example, in my case, I had the stone that was not blocking, but it was irritating the lining and it was causing it to bleed. So I was in the hospital one time, uh, you know, rounding on patients and I, I go to, the, to pee and all of a sudden I pee blood. So right away I'm thinking, shh. I got, I got cancer, I got uh, whatever. So I went right to the radiology room and I grabbed the radiology technician and I said, I'm doing a CAT scan now. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought I had kidney cancer, I thought I was dying, being a urologist and knowing what this could mean. And I, she goes, okay, pull down your pants and hop up on the table. That's exactly what happened. And I got up on the table, did a CAT scan. And then I brought the radiologist over and I said, look at this right now, tell me what I got. And uh, there it was, a little stone. And uh, uh, you know, right about to pass. And um, I had no pain and I ended up going on a trip three days later because it was planned and of course the pain started later because I guess it got into a narrow part in the tube and it blocked and, uh, and um, anyways, ultimately it passed. So, um, so kidney stones can present with pain, they can okay. present with blood in the urine, it could also present with urinary symptoms. So when the stone is near the bladder or just about to enter into the bladder, it irritates the bladder a little bit. I had a patient who came to me and he was having, you know, five years of symptoms thinking that he has an enlarged prostate. He had to pee a lot. He was, you know, he felt like his bladder wasn't emptying. He was running all night. And um, he was being treated with all the regular prostate medications. And finally, I, I, I don't remember what the, you know, but I, I, I thought about sending him for some imaging. And uh, sure enough, right near the bladder, there was a one centimeter stone. So we took care of the stone and uh, all the symptoms went away overnight. So it was, so it was amazing. So the, you know, those are the classical symptoms. The, the, these weird urinary symptoms can't describe um, pain and the pain can really go back in the kidney, often irradiates up to the front. Uh, in males, you can often feel it in the testicle, the, the pain goes into the testicle and women into the labia. 
uh, and blood in the urine. What's, what's the cause of it? So uh, the causes of stones can be different because there are different types of stones. Uh, we have the calcium stones, which are usually calcium oxalate, binding these two molecules, which is the majority of stones. There's also calcium phosphate stones, a little bit rare. Uh, then we have the uric acid stones, those are the clear stones on x-rays, which were a little bit hard to find in the past when we used x-rays, but it's, it's now when we use CAT scans or ultrasounds, we can find uh, most of those stones. And there are some rare other types of stones that you see in genetic conditions in, in younger people, and um, there was a drug, Indinavir, used for HIV, which used to crystallize and form these weird kind of stones. But the vast majority are calcium, oxalate, and uric acid. So, so your body... so. Builds them on its own. Is it what you eat? Yeah, I heard it. It, it comes if you eat. I forgot what food it was. Too much yeah. Salt. So, so when someone has one stone, we never find the cause. Typically, <laughs> uh, we don't even look. We just do a simple blood test to look at their calcium levels, and uh, you know. But if someone is a, a recurrent storm, recurrent stone former, then we start to do these uh, more in-depth testing. What would involved in that is uh, collecting the urine. You pee into this bucket for 24 hours, and we measure the calcium oxalate, phosphate, uric acid, citrate. Uh, we do blood tests for PTH, and, uh, which is parathyroid hormone. So there's a little hormones behind the uh, thyroid gland. There's four of them, which regulate the calcium and vitamin D and, and that pathway. And if you have a little, and they're usually benign tumor, it can produce too much PTH, parathormone, parathyroid hormone, and um, that can cause too much calcium in the urine and crystallize and form stones. But really, the vast majority of people don't have anything. So if we find something in the urine, too much calcium, too much of this, too much of that, we could, uh, we could there's some medic, medical therapies to try to, you know, fix the balance back in your favor. Yeah, there's different types of medications depending on what the problem is. But really, we try to get patients on diets because the number one yeah. likely cause of this is dehydration. Oh, and it's okay. very simple. When the urine is too concentrate, the calcium and oxalate start to crystallize and forms little crystals, and then the crystals form smaller stones which grow and grow and grow. So the best way to prevent and avoid this from happening is keeping well hydrated. Um, so when people ask me, what are the dietary changes I can make? So I say the top three, water, water, and water. <laughs> okay, so you, uh, I get, and, and it's patients say, how much should I drink? Well, it depends how much you sweat, how, how all mm -hmm. that stuff. So I, I tell pe people, it's good to pee about two liters a day. Okay. So uh, you got to drink two liters You got to drink two to three liters yeah, a day, yeah. and if you're someone who works out for two hours a day, you, you know maybe you have to drink three to four. So really, hydration is the key. Just. Very simple. You want to minimize uh, these the, or increase the uh, the water uh, concentration in the in the urine and uh, the density at, at a specific density, specific gravity, and, and make it the crystals make it impossible for them to form. So that's number one. Number two, I always ask about because stones are calcium and oxalate. Uh, what about calcium? Because we used to say that avoid calcium, keep calcium in your diet. That is actually not good, and it, and it actually could be potentially the opposite effect, and I'll explain you why. If you have calcium in your diet, what it does when you in, in the gut is it bounds with the oxalate in your gut, 
which is also comes from the food, and it's, it, it forms a sort of crystal and it forms that calcium oxalate, oxalate uh, bond in the intestines, and then it doesn't get absorbed and you will poo it out. If you drop your calcium and then you have all that free oxalate, mm -hmm. then you absorb more oxalate and then you have more oxalate in your kidneys, so mm -hmm. you're more likely to form calcium oxalate stones. So what I say is water, water, water. Uh, have a normal calcium diet. So yes, if you're drinking, you know, seven liters of uh, milk a day, or yeah. you know, uh, seven pints of ice cream, yeah. you know, cut it out. Uh, or, but a normal diet is important. You need, for other reasons, of course, your bones yeah. and so on. But for 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 even for your stone formation, you need to have a, a normal diet of calcium. Uh, then there's oxalate. So the same is not true for oxalate. So we tell people to cut down on oxalate. So you know, you tell someone you need to lower your oxalate in your diet, of course, the next answer is, what the hell is oxalate? So oxalate is found in, in a, you know, the best thing is to look it up because there's, there, there, you know, the, the, the typical things we say is spinach, green leafy vegetables, but, uh, you know, coffee, uh, cranberries, nuts, certain nuts, rhubarb, there's, there's a whole list of things which are high in, in oxalate. And uh, again, for the average person who has a well-balanced diet, uh, it's not a big deal. But if someone's a little dehydrated and, or maybe they're trying to lose weight and they think that you know, eating 45 uh, uh, spinach salads in a day is, is going to be it, they may be consuming too much oxalate and, and that. Um, so those are important. Salt. So uh, decreased salt. And why salt? Um, salt, when it gets excreted by the kidneys, it pulls calcium with it. Okay. okay, so having too much salt can have end up having too much calcium in the urine. Again, the calcium. That, that's what I've heard. I had heard it's this, too much salt in your diet was the cause. It's, it, it, it's but it's, I guess it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. None of these are causes, but it's just a matter of you know tipping the scales, mm. in, you know, in your balance. Um, and then uh, protein. So. Uh, uric acid is a breakdown of protein, uric acid stones. So, you know, some people will say to decrease your protein intake. Um, you know, I don't know if that's a major improving factor. I guess if someone is excessive into protein, and again, it's, it's multiple risk factors. So if you're, if you're getting a little dehydrated, sort of borderline dehydration, and you're on a low carb diet, so you're just eating mm. chicken and steak and yeah. protein, protein, protein all the time, you know that can put you at risk for it also. Some people have, uh, you know, actually big tumors, and when they get chemotherapy, uh, it breaks down and it forms a lot of uric acid, and these can form stones. So they're, they're, these are more rare situations, but um, you know, it's so, prevention. So, prevention is water, water, water. Normal diet of calcium. Point. Decrease oxalate. Decrease salts. Wow. Now so that's if you're if you're able to to prevent it uh, or decrease risk of it forming. Um, treatment uh, is uh, depends on a couple of things, and there's ba we have basically three things. Um, if you have a stone that's well, first of all, if you, if you have a stone that's just sitting there, a, st a small stone minding its own business in the bottom part of the kidney, it's quite unlikely that it's going to cause you any harm. So you could always have it there, and so it you just, can leave it. It, it. So the idea is it could be there, yeah, but it's a problem or an issue when you gotta pass it, when it right. starts so, moving. So, so what I say to people, if you're Nick Drosos and you're 99% of your time in the city, in Montreal and, and whatever, living with little stone is no risk. If you're a pilot, 
and you can't take that risk. Yeah, uh, if you go live, if you're a, a scientist who goes live in the Arctic for eight months at a time when there's no medical care around and, and God forbid you get a stone and you're stuck, you know, those people I would recommend treating. But if you're the average guy, you never had pain, it was found incidentally, and you're always nearby medical care, there's no need to treat those smaller stones that aren't bothersome. Uh, now, if it, if, it, if it is bothersome, we have uh, two, uh, well, three types of treatment. So we have what we call medical expulsive therapy. So if it's in the tube um, and it's blocking a little bit uh, and you have a little bit of pain, but you can tolerate it and it's, think of a size that it could pass, you can take some medications. And it's actually a medication we use for the prostate it's called Flomax, which relaxes the prostate, but it also relaxes the ureter a little bit. Okay. So with some hydration, Flomax, you could pass those stones. And I think uh, just a question about that is no, passing a stone doesn't hurt at all. Blocked stones hurt. When it passes into the bladder, that's the good part. And when you pee it out through the penis or the female through the urethra. So you literally see a stone coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, when I passed my stone, I just went to the urine and all of a sudden because the tube in the penis is bigger than the tube in the kidney, okay. from the kidney to the bladder. The urethra is bigger than the ureter. So if you can get it into the bladder to pee it out, it's, once, it's, once it's typically it's easy. So we call that medical expulsive therapy. Um, and again, depending on the size of stone, like a five centimeter stone may have a 50-50 chance, but a four millimeter stone may have a 80-90% you know, chance of passing on its own. And you know, people tell me when, when they leave my office, I say, look, you can pass it in five minutes from now or in five months from now. It took me five months to pass my stone. But you can also in 10 minutes be in a terrible crisis and on your way to the emergency room. Yeah. So it's a little bit of, 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 of craps uh, as, as what's going to happen. Um, then we, people always ask about shockwave therapy. Uh, it's like we've talked about shockwave therapy to the penis, but this is a, a higher intensity shockwave therapy. And basically it pulverizes the stones. So if you have a stone in the kidney, they focus these uh, shockwaves. Uh, onto the stone and hopefully it breaks up the stone and you know breaks into sand and just goes away or or smaller fragments that you can pass on its own uh, it's a good treatment because it's it's not invasive um, but it's not as effective as, as surgical approaches and uh, so you know, it, it, there's no anesthesia, it's a little bit of sedation and, and it can work, but it could also cause the stone to break up and if you're not having any pain, it can pop the stone out of where it's resting and put it into a place where it's going to block. So it's, uh, you know, and, and, and the success rate in studies I've seen is more like 50, 60% oh. of being stone free. So it's not a serious, it's not, it's not such a serious... Um, Illness. If well, it could be. So let's move on. So there's 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 ureteroscopy where you can go in with a little camera, uh, let's say is as as thin as this wire, and you go in through the penis. Uh, you make a right hand turn or a left hand turn into, towards the kidney. Easy, right? And you actually feed it up all the way to the stone, which is either in the ureter or in the kidney, and there can be a, a laser fiber that goes right up to the stone and blasting the stone. You can even have small little baskets that fit in the camera that come in like that and you, you have a button on the other end it opens up and you can grab them and gently pull them out is it hurt so you're it's under anesthesia you have oh, to be, okay, yeah, okay. either sleep or spinal anesthesia yeah. so um that's uh that's that's the other form of therapy for you know stones 
uh, let's say under two centimeters in the kidney or in the ureter. Uh, and then there are bigger stones, you know, we, we call them, they're struvite stones, staghorn stones, uh, which could be two or three centimeters. And those are tough to treat with a little scope or shockwave. Uh, so often you can go in, it's called the percutaneous nephrolithotomy. You go in with a tube, uh, you know, about as thick as my finger. Uh, you know, you go through the kidney, into the meat of the kidney, Oof. and you go right up to that stone and you can blast it either with laser or they have a um, pneumatic, uh, like a jackhammer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> because it, you have stronger instruments, you're right more directly there, uh, and the hole is bigger, you can break it up a couple of times and pull out bigger fragments of stones. Wow. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more dangerous because you're poking through the kidney, so you can have some bleeding afterwards and uh, leaking of the kidney. Um, but for, for, for big stones, it's successful, it's, it's super successful because it, you know, before my time, I, I've seen the surgery once, they used to make a big cut from here to here just and fillet to, open the kidney just and to get pick the out stone. the stones oh, wow. and, and so on. Thank God for medicine. Anatrophic <laughs> nephrolithotomy, I mean, it's historical. We, I don't know if anyone does it ever anymore, yeah. but... Um, Imagine having so to open it's, up it's, completely. Uh, oh just yeah, oh yeah, or, or, they, or they would let the kidney die and they would remove the kidney. Um, so is it dangerous? Um, passing a stone is uncomfortable. If it kidney is blocked, it could damage the kidney. And I've seen people with dead kidneys uh, because of a completely blocked stone. That if it blocks slowly, sometimes you don't feel it. So it takes time to. If it's a slow blockage and it, over time blocks more and more and puts just gentle pressure enough to cause a little bit of damage on the kidney, uh, you can you can completely you know, make the kidney non-functional with it. Uh, and uh, not only a deadly kidney, I've seen a kidney stone be deadly, a small one. If you have a kidney stone uh, with an infection, for example, oh, and, the kidney, and the stone is blocking and the infection really can't get out, you can go septic and I've seen people in their 40s and 50s die from a one mm. or two millimeter stone. No, actually Die, die, yeah. It, they, it, the the they, stone they, was infected and then everything Yeah, else. it took a while for them to get to the emergency room. Wow. Uh, they, you know, they went to the ICU to stabilize them. We took them right to the, uh, to the operating room to, and we put in a drain to, to drain it right away. But by that time, the, you know, their blood pressure has dropped and all their organs started to fail already. So it is, it can be a serious disease. So, if, you know, if you have severe pain, go to the emergency room. If you have pain like that and fever go to the emergency room this second because you know and insist on being seen and insist you know don't wait in the waiting room for for eight hours you know you, you, you know this is a time where you raise hell and kick and scream that you need to be seen because it is extremely dangerous ICU uh, visit very likely and I, I don't think it's common to have to die from this but it is possible so you know Besides being very painful, it could be serious and it could damage your kidney function and, and, and be more serious ultimately and uh, it should be taken seriously. Awesome, Andrew. That's <laughs> so water, water, water. Water, water, water. Cut the salt. Exercise. Eat well. It's always about the same having, keeping a, a healthy lifestyle and balanced diet. So, guys, thank you for watching. Make sure to subscribe, hit the bell, and remember, have the balls to talk about it. Yes. <laughs>